Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 622 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined by a slightly different crew. No Ben today. Instead, and no Alia Stone today. Instead, we have Andrew Spencer Spay. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Stephen Kyle Brackey's here. You know him. Hello. He, uh, we, we raged last night about the brackets a little bit. Uh, we're back. We're a little calmer. But we're excited to discuss... Uh, you know, some seeding issues, some of the brackets, talk a little bit about the team race. A lot's been going on, obviously, with, with the brackets out now. Uh, Steve, any initial opening thoughts about NCAA brackets after you had a little more time to digest? Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I didn't think the seeding was atrocious. There's obviously uh, certain ones that stand out and some inconsistencies across the board. But all in all, this was definitely not the worst job they've ever done. Not the worst job they've ever done. That's a ringing got, endorsement. They've got to be so excited to hear that news. Yeah, I thought there were some areas where it was clear that they they favored common sense over probably what was I don't know justified by the math or whatever. With you know instances like at one forty one with Ironman and Lee and Rivera, it made sense that those guys were one, two, and three. Although it would have been tougher to justify, but. Seems like they kind of threw it out in a few other instances. Um, once again, a couple things, themes for, for this. One, Bracky totally called that Adams and Buchanan would definitely oh, yeah. be hitting early. And sure enough, round two, Adams and Buchanan basically guaranteed to happen again. So There's a number at 197 of matches that either like just happened or, um, yeah, just happened with... I think uh, Warner uh, Davison is second round, and I believe that was like a Conti semi at Big Tens, and then um, Sloan Ferrari and uh, Aiello Bonacorsi uh, was an ECC final, and that's second round. Dang. So a lot of repeat matches, which I don't know if that's going to yield chalk or what it'll – I mean, with Adams Buchanan, uh, is it something where – 
Is it is it the matchup or is it if if you're you can it's like can you really beat this guy four times in a row? I don't know what it is. And like all three matches have kind of gone differently. You know, the first one Noah was leading from start to finish and kind of got run down and just looked exhausted out there in Wyoming. The second one, um, it was Buchanan leading late, Adams tying it up, and then Buchanan at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, it was 1-1. They have a wild exchange, and it's Buchanan that comes out on top, and Adams trying to chase him down as time runs out. So, um, man, remember how close he was, Adams was, at the takedown in the second period? They challenged. Yes. Uh, and then he has him up in the air, and – I think he dropped him too hard, honestly. Um, That's right. He just brought him down a little out of control. So, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not like he can't beat him. He's been, <laughs> he's done it twice before. He's been right there. Um, I don't think you you're thrilled about that if you're Stephen Buchanan in Wyoming either. Yeah. No. I, I was thinking the exact same thing. Is like, how excited are you to you got to beat this guy four times in, in a row? It's just it's pretty rare to happen. I'm trying to think of the seeds that people were most upset about. The one I got the most, which I do not understand at all, is is Travis Whitlake. Uh, Travis Whitlake got the 10 seed. We have him ranked like 14th right now. And if I, I what I think the confusion comes is in is the perception about Travis is how we kind of v- viewed him coming into this year, how we viewed him most of this season. Was well, this a guy that could challenge for the top four or five? And NCAAs, that could still be really true. Mm-hmm. But what you cannot, what you have to remember is these are seeds, and they're based only on this year. Basically, they're supposed to be based on this NCAA wrestling season, and not about like how good you could be. All you can look at is his ledger. His ledger for the year is pretty clear. He doesn't have any good wins. His best win is over the twenty seed, right? So you haven't beaten the elite guys. So you can have a high seed if you beat a bunch of qualifiers and you don't lose. But when you lose to a Luke Weber, who has a loss to a Schoenfelder this year, that is going to really, really hurt your argument because now you're not just the guy that beats the guys that you're way better than. You actually lost one of those matches. So your entire thing of being really consistent kind of gets thrown out and you don't have very – what we call like deep roots that hold you in there that you can absorb a loss. Because if you have a bunch of really good wins, if he had beaten Shane Griffith and beaten all these guys this year, it would have been one thing and it had been like, okay, well, he lost to a guy he would you would expect him to beat, but he's beaten all these good guys. Well, he hasn't beaten all these good guys. So you kind of lose that and you, you get hit hard. And that's what happened with Whitlake. If you think he can make the finals, great. He He's probably a top four or five guy. He has the potential to do so. But... All you can do is take the matches and look at the ledger and I don't know if there's a lot of Whitlake fans or, or whatever, or maybe just everyone just thinks he's really good, which we do too. We've been talking about Bracky was talking about him as a potential finalist this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted him in tier one. Yeah, tier one argument. But, you know, tier ones don't lose to Luke Weber. And it's no shade at Luke Weber. He had a great big 12s, but... Uh, all you can go by is is the the resumes when it comes to seeding. Could be last year Whitlake, and as you were saying, they're not supposed to really count anything from last year. But Whitlake beat uh, Wenzel, who had a really good year this year, mm-hmm. uh, is seeded number three. But um, yeah, it's it's this year and everything you just said. I agree. But Wenzel didn't lose. Wenzel 
Is he undefeated this year? Lost to Bullard, but then he has the injury default win over Mackay, mm. and then won ACCs because Mackay injury defaulted out of that as well. Yeah, I mean, Wenzel at three, that's interesting. I mean, they clearly counted injury defaults. Yeah. And are really rewarding, for the most part, conference championships. <laughs> they seem to be heavily weighting the most recent results there. I guess. Um, okay, so any, what others stuck out? A lot of people were upset about Chad Red. I kind of get it, though, um, with, with Red. I understand why we have him ranked high, and I think the ranking's fine, but if you look at this season, just he doesn't – I don't see the wins that could justify him a lot higher than eight, even though I think a lot of people just want to see him with a path that he can go on a run, and it's a little tougher with Ironman in his quarter. I think people's biggest problem with Chad Red is that Alan Hart has lost to McKenzie Bell – and Ian Parker has lost to Alan Hart this season. Yeah. Um, and Dom Demas has a loss to Ian Parker. Tariq yeah. Wilson's undefeated. <laughs> I can see that. But Chad Redd, um, you know, if you only lose to the guys that are seated and ranked ahead of you, it's not like are you – if you assume that those guys are going to beat everybody else below them, that they're ranked and seated ahead, it seems like uh, unfair punishment. Yeah, that's a good point. And when you consider, like – Chad Red has beaten McKenzie Bell types this year, right? He's passed those tests. That was a test that Alan Hart didn't pass. Uh, yeah, two wins over Dylan Duncan. Yeah, who is, you know, pretty pretty excellent. So that is kind of a, a little more maybe inconsistent than I realized. I'm not sure that makes a lot of sense. But, you know, tale as old as time. We, we always pick on Ben about it, but it's always true. Missouri gets amazing seeds every single year. Amazing. They have how many top tens, Bracky? They have eight top tens. They have eight top tens. Now, we've been talking a lot about Missouri this year because they've been kicking a lot of teams' necks in. They've been really, really good. But some of these seeds are really high, including our guy, Keegan O'Toole. I'm not sure I I really understand him at the six. I understand he is undefeated. But when you look at some of the the wins and losses around him uh, that other people have, I have a hard time. I have a little bit of a harder time with it. No, I'm right there with you. I'm, I should have looked it up before the show who, like, the Missouri guys' best wins were, um, yeah. like, throughout the season. I'm looking at Matt Schmidt right now. It looks like maybe number 13, uh, 13 seed, Zach Redding. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned bef- uh, on the uh, bracket show that they, did, they didn't send their starters to the Cowboy Challenge where they could have picked up a lot of quality wins, but, again, it, it's COVID, so I kind of understand. You know, it's close to the conference tournament. No one wants to take any unnecessary risks. It's not a we're trying to avoid competition. It's how do we minimize the chance that we have to sit out, you know, the the, the MAC tournament. But it's weird they sent like Mahler. It's true. Like I don't, I don't know how they went about like deciding who right who went who didn't. Also, they were supposed to wrestle Arizona State, and that got canceled because of COVID with Arizona State. So not their fault for sure. <laughs> and then that's one where we would have seen Keegan versus Valencia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, you know, who knows what we see. But you look at uh, Keegan's Keegan's draw, Silverstein round one, then he'll get the Amin Monday winner, and then the Wenzel Rob probably winner if he, if he can get make it that far. So he's got an interesting draw, and I think if you're a Keegan O'Toole fan, I think you want him away from Marinelli and Mackay. And now we don't know what Mackay is going to be. And, and the track record for guys not wrestling it at their conference tournament is not good. And so maybe it's maybe he's not as feared as he as he would normally be. 
like the year when he won NCAAs. But that being said, Keegan O'Toole kind of set up all right, but we still don't know much about him. And we're, you know, a week, exactly one week away from, from NCAAs happening. Yeah, I, you know, I wonder, I haven't got to see him wrestle a bunch this year, but just wonder how, how he'd fare against um, a guy like Jake Winsel. Mm-hmm. who is kind of an interesting matchup. Um, he's not an offensive dynamo on his feet. He likes to work out of underhooks and is super strong and uh, tough to score on, but then just a hammer on top. Um, so you wonder how he matches up with a guy like that. And it, whoever he has in the second round is going to be a really interesting matchup. Yeah, and Amin and Monday. Amin's so solid. He looked great at Big Tens. Kennedy Monday, everyone knows what he can do on his feet. Can you go seven minutes with a cam? I mean, it'll be probably the question. That's something that's that's prevented Kennedy from maybe reaching his you know full potential because he can take down just about anyone. Uh, he's he's fantastic on his feet. Um, well, where do, where do we want to go? Do we want to talk about this team race? Um, should we pause briefly for a, a Russian Nationals update? Those were live uh, while most of you were sleeping. Some of you were up. Good job. Yeah, we can talk a little bit about Russian nationals, Russian Nats, as they're affectionately known. It was all going on in the middle of the night. I was not able to stay up and watch as much as I'd like, pretty much none. A couple days of Pelicon in the middle of the night will do that, but some really interesting results. Uh, We're going to try to get all those matches individually up as soon as possible. The uh, replays, if you want to scan through, will be up. But uh, Three weight classes wrestled to the finals uh, over the night. I think they just wrapped up at like 6 or 7 a.m. this morning Central Time. Tonight at 10 p.m., they start up again, if you want to uh, brew that coffee and get ready to go. It's 70-74 and 125 tonight. 57, 86, and 92 wrestled through the finals, like I said. Those three weight classes are really interesting. We'll start with uh, 92, which is kind of a weird. It's a non-Olympic weight. Uh, doesn't get uh, – Russia is doing all 10 weight classes for their national championships. Um, so it's kind of a mixed bag of who actually enters and who's focusing on Olympic weights as the Olympics are coming up. Obviously, uh, in the finals, we have Magomed Kurbanov uh, versus Anzor Ryshev, uh, both guys from the South or the North Caucasus. That's the southern part of Russia, where the vast majority of their best wrestlers, not only in Russia but in the world, come from. Ryshev is a is a wily veteran. He's a silver fox, got a head of nice gray hair, but he can still uh, get it done out there. He's 34. He was a European champion in 2010 and 2011. But one are you Regan in 2015, a little more recently. So he's the he's the veteran taking on Kurbanov, who was runner up at Russian Nationals the last two years. That should be a good one. 86 is a uh, um, has a classic rivalry at least for Russia. Daurun Karugliev of Dagestan and Artur Naifanov of Ossetia. Those are two republics of the Russian Federation, also in the North Caucasus. They're great rivals. Uh, they're they're two different cultures and ethnicities and languages and religions, but they both wrestle uh, really well and uh, produce some really good wrestlers. Uh, this is a rematch of 2018 and 2020 Russian Nationals finals at 86 kilograms. Krugliev Krugliev won both of those, pardon me. Uh, Krugliev is also the guy that uh, kicked uh, David Taylor in the face and basically knocked him out for a minute in the 2018 World Championships. David Taylor wrestled back uh, heroically and then, of course, won gold in Budapest. 
Nifonov was the uh, Russian representative in 2019 when Karuglia did not enter Russian nationals. And then also Nifonov just won the individual World Cup in 2020. That was that world championship that wasn't exactly a world championship because of COVID, etc. So there's a rematch of two uh, uh, world-class guys. They're all top 10 uh Maybe even uh, higher in there. Got to double check the rankings. New international rankings just came out too. And then at 57 kilos, you have the best in the world, the uh, undisputed number one ranked guy, Zaur Uguyev, uh, also from Dagestan. He's taken on Nechin Mangush. The Mangush is loose. He's from Tuva, which is a Siberian republic, which is near Ulan Ude, where they're having the Russian national championships in the uh, Republic of Baratia. That's also in Siberia. So way out uh, west, kind of just north of Mongolia and China. Um, Uguyev, uh, 18-19 in the 20 individual World Cup gold. Um, he should be favored to win. Mangush, kind of an upset over uh, Tuskayev, who is considered, uh, was number two to Uguyev. Um, now it might be Mangush. But some really cool finals matches. Those are going to be um, sometime tonight. Got to double-check that schedule. I think they go after the uh, preliminary round, so it'll be really early in the morning. The... The topic probably on most USA wrestling fans' mind is 74. Give us the rundown. When when is Zamalov, Sidikov, um, is there, are there any other contenders at that bracket? Uh, Zamalov and Sidikov are on opposite sides of the bracket. I don't have the bracket in front of me, but they will probably make the finals. The the monkey wrench in there is the uh, savvy vet, Magomed Kurbanaliev. I believe he is on the bottom half of the bracket with Sidikov. Otherwise, um, it should be those two guys, uh, Jamalov, who won that individual World Cup, and um, Sidikov, of course, beat uh, Jordan Burroughs twice. Um, Jamalov beat Chimizo. Yes, and Jamalov uh, beat Chimizo. Um, so this is like they just keep pumping out uh, world-caliber gold medal contenders uh, after another. No Sabalov. Uh, we believe he's transferred to Serbia, but um, he did not enter the European Olympic Games qualifier. Not sure when we'll see him in a Serbian singlet. But he is no longer in the mix in Russia. Sidikov, Kurbanaliev would be a quarter. Quarterfinal, nice. Mm-hmm. World champ versus world champ quarter. Very normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Zamalov is up on the top side. Cool. Well, hopefully we can get the, the archives up and out for you guys so you can play catch up if you're unable to stay up through the middle of the night. Um, like many of you, like, like some of you do, but many of you cannot, and which we understand. So... Uh, thank you, thank you for that update, Andrew. Do we want to look at next? Well, one, uh, Ben's not here. He was on a podcast with I think Logan Paul. Logan Paul, I think, is the brother, or I know he's the brother of Jake, but I guess he has a popular podcast um, that Ben was on. I haven't got to listen to it. I can't imagine it not being somewhat contentious, but uh, I haven't got to listen to that yet. But what is interesting is Dana White who is kind of known, his brand is as a, a Ben Askren hater, he says he will bet $1 million that Ben will win his boxing match. I just think, although he, him and Ben have not been the best of friends, that uh, Ben's legit, and he was very complimentary of Ben. Yeah. Uh, being a legit fighter who's been on top of a couple organizations and – just someone that's skilled at this, uh, and I just don't think he takes Paul seriously. Yeah, which I don't either, uh, but many people do, so uh, it, it'll be interesting. So remember, Ben fights April 17th in an NFL football stadium that will have zero people in it, so 
Interesting venue choice by the. It's not gonna have anybody. No, no fans. I asked him. He's like, I don't. Yeah, he's like, no, no one can come. Cause we're trying to sneak. Sick. In. Yeah. We want to go. I still feel like can't we be in his entourage? I told him I would his be his posse. Yeah. I told him I would be his cut man, and um, he apparently thinks someone should have experience at that. They should do that <laughs> job, which I was a little offended, um, but understanding. So he'll be back next week. He's been Southern Calling it, as, as you've seen. If you watch the video, he's doing it from Airbnb there. So why don't we take a look at the team race here for the 2021 NCAA championships. And um, we've got that graphic there, boom, ready to go. Is this the updated one, um, Spay? Actually, no, it's not. hey, Tyler, pull the one that's in the dock. Because that has uh, all of Arizona State's team points. So Yeah, I made a boo-boo. Sorry, guys. Here's the rundown. Um, boo-boo forgiven. Iowa, 126 points. Then all the way down in second, 72 points. Penn State. And then it gets really, really tight for the next, like, four or five teams. NC State, 63.5. Virginia Tech, 61.5. Remember, top four teams at NCAAs get a trophy. Okay. Um, then Missouri and Arizona State tied at 60. Nebraska, 54.5. Michigan, 53.5. Oklahoma State, 50. Um, and then it drops off pretty significantly with Ohio State at 36. So it feels like one of those teams between Oklahoma State and Penn State, the combination of those three will make up the podium. Um, as you guys look at this, who has the opportunity to gain a lot of points based on where they're projected to score. Do you see any that stick out to you? As I looked at um, Penn State's... Um, some tough draws, right? Some tough draws. Like Robbie Howard, he's kind of hosed. Not hosed because, he, I mean, he... This, well, his honestly, seed was his weird. His seed's sort of weird because yeah. he beat Ragason at Big Tens. And Ra outplaced him. And outplaced him. Ragason got the 11... <laughs> Robbie got the twenty three. He did. He did lose to D'Agostino, who Ragason beat in the first round. But a head to head win should take precedent there. Yeah, and not that he should. Uh, and maybe they're so far away in the matrix, well, which is obviously what happened that they couldn't even do it. But it's just weird that that would happen at, at Big Ten's. But regardless, it's Robbie Howard versus Malik Heinzelm in round one. Robbie is zero and two against Malik. Um, and then if you look at his path back, if you assume the loss there for, for Robbie, he would have Desario round one. But then he gets the loser of Schroeder-Foley, Robbie Howard. So if he loses to Heinzelman, which he has twice, he'll get the loser of Foley and Schroeder, who both are wrestling really well and both had very strong Big Ten tournaments. So you got to figure it's it's looking like one and two for Robbie Howard, and that's not... There's just not even a real opportunity for him to to make a run unless if he can get by Malik somehow, which is, you know, yet to be look realistic. He would have Taylor Lamont the, the round after that, which I don't think he would. You can't expect him to be a Taylor Lamont type of guy, mm -hmm. right? So then if he would if he would beat Heinzelman, he would end up getting like a Gutierrez and then Pat McKee and then the loser of the Teske Hildebrandt match. So I, it doesn't look like a ton of opportunity for Robbie Howard. He would have to show something that he has not yet shown this year. Right. We can say that. Um, 
You just want to run through Penn State straws? Maybe? Yeah, we'll look at them. Um, it's more interesting, like, the not hammer guys. Like, right. at 33 for RBY, it's looking like Sean Carter, Moshe Schwartz, Lucas Bird. Then he's in the semis where he'll get probably Corbin Myers. I think Corbin Myers is a pretty he's big, a big favorite to make it to the semi, yeah. Matt Schmidt at the six is not the um, – yeah, I, I would favor Myers there. So, I think Roman over Corbin – to make the finals, yeah, which comes to a surprise to no one. Nick Lee's draw, he's the two. Um, he'll have Flores, then probably Phileas, then Ian Parker or Zach Sherman, probably Parker, and then Seabass in the in the semis. So you got to like that draw for him, at least mm-hmm. to the at least to the semis. And then who knows what's going to happen in that match? Right, um, anything can happen, and as. If he loses that one, I expect him to wrestle back for third. If he wins, he's in the finals, and he can win the whole dang thing. So you feel good about that. Draw 49, Penn State did not qualify. Uh, 57, Berge's draw is is sort of interesting. Uh, he'll have Cerniglia round one. He's favored pretty big there. Then Young in round two, which you have to expect Berge Young to be like a one-takedown yep. match. Right. Might as well fast forward to third period. Fast forward to third period. Maybe even SV one. So you're in the mix there if you're if you're Berge. If you drop that match to Young, he's gonna have someone like Justin Ruffin who got hurt at, at Max. Yeah. So I don't, have, I don't even know how healthy he is. Right. He'll have like Ruffin and then probably Willits or Heller and then then I uh, looks like JQs. He'll have the loser of Hydley JQs. Which you figure will be JQs, and that's the round of twelve match. So Berge versus JQs potentially in the round of twelve. I think if you're a Penn State fan, you take that all day. Mm-hmm. And I think you also take all day that his draw on the top side. If he can get by Young, I think I think that's a not not the worst round two matchup not for at someone all. like Berge. Um, you know, when you consider, you know, he could have been like what 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 would be the draw for like the eleven? Um, let me find that. That would be. Brayton Lee round. So maybe a sort of similar draw. But if he gets by Young, he would have Delavecchia. And Delavecchia, a guy who's undefeated on the year, really good on the mat. But that would be a, a pretty competitive quarterfinal match with Bergie if he can get there. So a lot of opportunity there for Brady Bergie out of 157. Joe Lee, I don't know. I, I, I looked at it. I, I can't expect too much from him. He's got Whitlake in round one. And lost to last year, right? Lost to him last year at the scuffle. Figure he'll lose to him again. Then he would have probably Luke Weber on his an early on the backside, and then someone like Bullard or Peyton Hall. And I just feel like one of those guys picks him off, and he's got a pretty. He finishes like two and two or one and two. Um, I'm trying to think. The, the NCAA bracket doesn't have the bout numbers, so it's not as easy to like know who, who you would have if he were able to navigate the, the round of 12, but um, it doesn't look like the, the best draw. This back. is random, but I just went and checked it. The top four seeds at 157 are the same as last year. What? Mm. Yeah. That's, I bet that's never happened. Good factoid. It maybe yeah. has happened, but uh, I, that would surprise me. In the exact same seed, too. Whoa. So he would have the... If somehow, some way, uh, Joe Lee made it to round of 12, he would have the loser of that third quarter, which would be like Wenzel, 
versus O'Toole or Amin or Rob. So not ideal. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't see a run coming for for Joe Lee. One seventy four. Carter Storaki, we love his draw. Away from Kimmer, away from Labriola, away from Massa. So he would have Marcelli, big favorite. Then Hastings, big favorite. Then his quarterfinal is like Andrew McNally or Austin Murphy. I don't know. Yeah, that he, he that, lo- that little that could get blown up. Kaufman's really good. Um Murphy hasn't load, wrestled the most loaded schedule, and McNally struggled with Howard on opening weekend. So, uh, who knows who's going to come out of that little quarter? Yeah, but we know who's coming out of that. T- the mm-hmm. entire quarter is going to be Staraki, and then he's going to get the Romero Romero winner. Um, I think it'll be not going to dad joke this. I'm going to say <laughs> I <laughs> think, man, I don't know if Demetrius wins. I kind of feel like he's just been so solid all year long. Um, Actually, I think I think Caleb probably has a little more on his feet, and I'll probably favor him. Um, so then you have Storaki versus Caleb Romero, round three, I think. Yeah. And it's been Storaki both times. Figured it would be him. I mean, I I would be really surprised if Storaki's not wrestling Saturday night. It just seems... No, same here. It seems Especially laid out for him. Three of the big guns up on the other side. Yeah. How big was that Labriola win? Yep. Massive. I mean, Massive. The 84, Aaron Brooks, I think he's sitting nice. I mean, we, we ranted about Hunter Boland's seed. I mean, why? how does this not encourage Hunter Boland, like, not wrestling, medical forfeiting the ACC final? Like, that loss to Hydley sent him from the two seed to the five, basically. Yeah, it did. Um, and that's that, to me, is audacious. He has the best win in the bracket other than Trent Hydley. Um who is the two. So I don't understand that. I think that's messed up. If you look at Brooks's draw, um, no problem round one. Probably Max Lyon or Webster round two. No problem there. Probably Taylor Vins in the quarter. Yeah. And just the way Brooks is wrestling and the way they wrestled uh, at Big Tens. It wasn't really close. No, not really. I think he did get a takedown, though. You get a takedown? Mike on the first one. Yeah. And then nothing. And that was yeah. it. So Brooks in the semis, where I think he'll get Bolin. Um, it'll be Kekheisen versus Bolin in the quarter, we think. And now Bolin's got a tough round two against Nelson Brands that I don't think you can overlook. But you've got to assume Bolin, if he's what we think he is, yeah, he'll make the semis. And I I don't know how ma- well he matches up with Aaron Brooks. I mean Brooks is gonna attack and attack, and Bolin's really defensive, and he could stymie him for a little bit. But I don't think he's gonna be able to ride Brooks. Um, it, it's going to be tough for him to, to string it together. I would love to see a Kekheis and Brooks match just because two guys that just shoot all the time. It would be nonstop, yeah. Yeah, it would be action-packed. Um, so, yeah, maybe, we, I mean, I'm not overlooking Kekheis and Bolin, but I think Kekheis is going to have a harder time finishing on Bolin, and Bolin will get like a counter takedown off of Kekheisen's aggression and take that one. Uh, so Brooks looks good at 184. 197, Beards is interesting. He'll have I, – I favor him in round one against Kozer of Navy. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Kozer's a top 25 guy, but Beard has been better this year. And then he would have Schultz right away, and don't see him beating Schultz. So, which that would put him down, loser of 323. So he'll have someone like Brown and then Elam, 
right mm-hmm. away in on the wrestlebacks. He gets the loser of Caffey Elam, which is not ideal. If Caffey loses to Elam, Caffey beat up Beard pretty soundly. Yeah, Elam's been good. Um, so Beard would hit uh, Rocky Elam early, and then the loser of 374, if he should get by them, would be like Warner Ferrari loser. So Beard's it's not easy. Beard's path is not easy, and if he somehow yeah, that's pretty much it, actually. He, I, I actually looked at it like, would he be better off losing to Kozer in round one? Uh, and mi- no is the answer, because he would get the Adams-Buchanan loser very early in wrestlebacks. So Michael Beard's going to have to wrestle better than he has all year if he wants to place. And then we have Daniel Gregory Kirkfleet. He has Jordan Wood in round two, which... He beat him in freestyle, two out of three. But as we uh, say on this show, at least once a week, freestyle, not folk style. Um, so I kind of did both paths for him. So if he beats Wood and has Gable, um, we obviously don't favor him in that one. Where would he? Where would he fall? He so he would get like the winner of if he gets to Gable. Talking about Kirkfleet, he would get like the Elam Hilger winner uh in the round of 12 which he beat hilger pretty soundly elam hasn't been great orndorf is also maybe in that mix if he gets hot but if kirkfleet makes the quarter he has a really favorable round of 12 match and then he would probably get someone like schultz or deontay wilson in the round after the round of 12 which is also pretty favorable i think you you take that all day if you're if you're a penn state fan for for kirkfleet so I think he matches up decently against Colton Schultz. Now, if he loses to Jordan Wood, he would have like Traxler, then the Luffman Isley winner. You feel good about that? And then I think he'd get hit G Grimm in the round of twelve, uh, which would be the loser of Stencil Grimmel. So I think Stencil will be yeah. Grimmel. That'd be an interesting one to me. Um Grimmel's big dude and uh seems to I thought he's doing it on purpose, but slow guys down, and then I think he I can would ride say it's on probably top. On purpose. <laughs> I'm not trying to call G Grim boring because I we like G Grim. We like G Grim. Uh, so I think that's an interesting one, but I think Kirkfleet will probably get a takedown or two, and then he could probably coast, but we'd see. And then so if he gets by G Grim, then he'd have someone like Laird or Christian Lance. Um, so. Honestly, the draw for Kirkfleet is nice uh, out of the nine, even though, you know, it runs through Gable, which you're going to be down in the constellations Mm -hmm. at some point. But I still don't think it's a bad draw. So all in all, draws for Penn State, not bad, not great. um, And that not really – I feel like they're going to be kind of on an island. They're not going to be near Iowa. But I have a hard time seeing NC State, VT, Missouri, Arizona State, pushing Penn State. They would have to because Penn State what what's going to help their team score is the fact that it 33 41 74 84 are just going to score a ton of points. It's, they Could just all be in the finals. They're probably I think they'll all be in the finals. And if you have four finalists, that's really going to put some separation when <clears throat> when guys like Kirkfleet and Beard and Berge are cake or are icing, excuse me. Um, I think that could, they have a lot of insulation from, from 
the other teams. And Iowa would have to have significant regression to not um, to not contend here. Okay, looking at the the rest of the team race, um, what are what are y'all's opinions? Well, what do you think of Tech's and NC State's ability to have finalists? Because um, at Tech, you ha- you have a guy seated at 125 to be a finalist. Um, Makai Lewis is a four seed, but on the same side as the guy he beat two years ago, uh, Alex Marinelli, to really get his run kick-started. And uh, then Bolin kind of got, you thought maybe you would have a guy seated to be a finalist there too, but or at least be on the same side as the guy he's beaten before and gone to sudden victory with. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he's a five. And then NC State, um, Hayden and Trent both seated as finalists. Yeah, so starting at 25 with Latona, if you're Virginia Tech, do you want Courtney or do you want to see Camacho again in that semi? I'd probably take Courtney. Me too. Camacho's just dangerous and has shown that it's a it's a coin flip match. It is a coin flip match. Uh, and it's landed heads twice. Is it going to happen like that again? I don't know. I mean, their last one, Camacho was all over Latona. Yeah. And I thought it was really trending the one way. And... Latona found a way to win. <clears throat> I really like feel strongly that Latona's gonna make the semi though. I really think you know, I don't see someone like Lamont taking him out. No. Um he would have to bomb him or something, and I I just don't see Latona that happening to him. And I, I agree. I think I think you want to see Courtney there. Um I don't know if you will, because I think Camacho Camacho's my pick to make the semis. The Camacho Ragson match in the second round is going to be awesome. That is that is a great point. So Camacho's draw is not great. Gage Curry round one is not an not a perfect round one match, although he he will win. Um, but then Ragson is is very dangerous, and he is not going to be fearful at all. Have they ever hit in freestyle? I don't know. They were both in that uh, fifty-seven bracket at senior national. Let me let me check here. But uh, I mean Ragson. He's beating Cardani. He beat uh, D'Agostino. It's once matches up at 33. Right. What do you, did, you, did you find it? No, I don't think they hit. Okay. So um, I, I do think Camacho ends up making that semi. I think he's a little better than Courtney, although Courtney's, you know, he's got the Teske win. He's been great all year long. He's really good from neutral. Uh, a lot of good leg attacks. So, you know, I may be just sleeping on Brandon Courtney, and he could he could blow the whole sleeping thing on up. him. He can make the whole. He can make the whole final. Um, but I will. I think Latona makes it for for Corbin Myers. I think he's got a great draw to the semis, and uh, even if he loses there, I think he's got a great draw to be like you know top four or five guy. Uh, this is not a deep weight, in my opinion. He's proven he can beat uh, Mickey Phillippe multiple times. I don't know about the DeSanto matchup. Um, which would likely happen on the backside because I don't think DeSanto's going to make the finals. Yeah, I I think coming into this year, obviously DeSanto I think would have been a pretty big favorite in that match, but the way we've seen them both wrestle, especially coming down the stretch and in their conference championships, man, uh, Corbin, I, he might be my pick to beat DeSanto. He's kind of... He's pretty gangster. Yes. He really wrestles hard. He's super physical. He's really good on top. He's really good on the mat. He's kind of got it all. And so at that, by the way, at senior nationals, um, Camacho was on the top. And just interesting, he 
he had uh, Teske first round or second round. Oh my gosh! Uh, Teske actually beat Courtney in the first round, and then Camacho beat Teske for Camacho lost in the quarters of Vito, and then Ragusa would make the finals. So. so Matt Schmidt lost his first match of the year to, and if you're like looking at Corbin's draw, Matt Schmidt's the six, Lucas Bird's the seven. Like if that were flipped, I'm all of a sudden a lot more worried about Myers' draw mm-hmm. if he had Bird in that quarter. But it's gonna be Schmidt. Who's fine, but has not beaten really anyone that we would consider an all-American contender, and he lost to Zach Price this year. Right. So I don't. This is that's a maybe the most inexplicable seed. Maybe not, but it's up there. The Matt Schmidt seed. I have a hard time. At with least that. Price is like a ranked guy. Like I mean, Alan Hart got the same seed with a, a much worse loss. Is Mackenzie Bell much worse than Zach Price? In my opinion, Spay. Um, Bell got like the 17. Yeah, Bell's a little bit more unknown. Like, uh, don't have as much as a track a true record. Freshman, yeah. Yeah, Zach Price, we've kind of seen him in that like bubble round or uh, bubble territory for a couple years now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I Like, so Price this year, had, like that first weekend, he beat, he beat Schmidt and Pac 12 champ Devin Turner. Be Kellen Marge. The thing that Hart has that Schmidt Zach doesn't Redding. is a win. He's got a good win. He beat Ian Parker this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Schmidt hasn't beat anyone, and he lost to Zach Price. Hart also has a great name for coming up with puns. I mean, there are all sorts of good uh, songs with the word Hart yeah, in it. Yeah, that's probably why he's the sixth seed. Yeah. Price also beat Ty Smith, Madrigal, Van Vliet. Some people are mad about the Madrigal seed. Uh, what were you? Then we discovered that we ranked him 11th <laughs> because he had such a good Big 12. I, I don't hate it. Yeah. He dropped out of the rankings. He had a terrible start to the season, very uncharacteristic, and uh, turned it on for Big 12s, got everything together. It's a weird year. And then it was like, oh, wow, 11th seed. That can't be right. And then I was like, oh, but we also moved him up to 11th in our well, top 25. Uh, didn't Coach Roselli say he'd been like contact traced like five or six times? Yeah. And then he got it. Yeah, and then he had COVID, uh, so he's probably just now getting back in the swing of things. Um, but when you look at, I don't know, some of these other seeds, Trombley the 12, Redding the 13, um, I think, and I think Magical beat Redding. Um, so I don't know. I actually am not. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, this way, they've just all beaten each other. Like it's just kind. Of, it's kind of like 184 in that aspect. They yeah, they're kind of mirror images. Uh, more hokey talk with Makai's draw. I mean, the thing is, I don't know how healthy he is, but even still, if he's like 85, 90%, he should make the semis. Because we're talking about Meyer of Lehigh, then Schedule, and then Zach Hartman, I would assume, or Keating, probably Hartman. Hartman, that that would be a really interesting matchup, and I'd be really interested to see that. We, I know we kind of talked about it on the bracket show. The first two matches are set up nice for Makai. Mm-hmm. Um Probably doesn't need to do a ton and can win those matches. Uh, but then Hartman would be really interesting because he's going to come after you, and he's really offensive. He's a great scrambler, and as we saw in the EWA Finals, tough on top. Yes, no doubt about it. Um, but that's not a bad draw. Bowen's draw is not great, but, um, you know, I, I do. Th- I think it's going to be hard for him to make the finals considering the side that he's on. And then... 97 no qualifier heavyweight um whatever you get there is 
unexpected from from Katka. So that's um, tax. Now NC State's draws I think are a little less favorable. Um, Deontay Wilson is someone who you know he won he won ACCs. He looked pretty good, but his draw is not great. Um, where did he get seated? Um, sorry, scanning here. Bad radio. Time. He's higher than I I think. He He's the ten. Be. Yeah. He's the 10, so he would have a very winnable first match. Then Ethan Laird, who Laird, a little more uh, athletic, really good on his feet. Wilson is like super, he likes to control, control the center, defensive, really good go-behinds. I feel like he might not be able to hold off someone like Laird. Um, so I think it's a tough, tough path back for him. Although I can see him making, I can see him making the round of 12. It's tough to picture him placing. Although if he has Schultz in the round of twelve, mm -hmm. I'll see you in tiebreaker too. Like that's <laughs> that match is not gonna have takedowns. No, you're not wrong about that. That'll be the last match of the uh, oh, of the yeah. session. They'll be out there, you know, trying to get ready for next session. They're still going in. It could bleed over in the middle rounds for sure. Hmm. Um, so that's that's not great. I think the I think twenty five with Camacho is not an ideal draw, but. He's he's got the goods to navigate it. That's that's the thing about it. While it, it'll be tough, it's not ideal to have Raguson and then Courtney and then Latona. He's a guy that I think can do it. Um, Thirty-three Trombley. I don't like his draw that much, but I don't think he. I've never really viewed him as a guy that can. Oh, this is someone with right. talent to bust into the top six. No, he's not. Uh, Tariq's draw. What do we think about that one? He got the four. Uh. DJ Lauren in the second round, likely. Um, Lauren's pretty good. I know. He's looked good, but I, uh, the way Tariq's, Tariq's wrestling, I like that. And then um, probably either, I mean, Demas Woods or Willits, I could see any of those three coming out. I, I mean, I don't think that, I don't think Real's going to be the guy, just all, all of a sudden turn on the guy we saw last year. Yeah, and I how just about, don't think it's been enough time. And how about Woods getting the guy that he got pinned by in the round, in uh Pac-12 finals in the first round. That's, uh, That's yeah, pretty coincidental. <laughs> There's another one uh, at 97. We talked about the other rematches that we're going to see in 17-16 uh, is going to be Jake Jacobson and JT Brown, Army, Lehigh. They wrestled in the finals. Jacobson won. Now they got the first match of the uh, tournament mm -hmm. or the, of, the of, their, of their tournaments. Yep. So, I, I mean – I know you may not be sure, but it seems like it's going to be a Demas Wilson quarter. How did I don't know if Tariq matches up great against Demas or not. Um, I kind of feel like he might. I, don't, so I think he's going to stay away. He lost to him last year in sudden victory one. Wait, no, that was Lauren. I was about to say I, I'm just on Dom Demas' page and looked and didn't find a result. <laughs> no, they've never wrestled. Um, so I don't know. I think if, if Tariq can stay out of the big moves, I think it'll favor him. He'll be able to get to more attacks from neutral. With, yeah, with Tariq's length, he can he can wrestle from space. He doesn't need to get in there and engage with Dom. A lot of and you know, watching Demas a lot in a lot of his matches, he's not able to even get to his big stuff as no. much anymore. No. Like Ian Parker, he was never even close to. But credit Dom Demas, he found a way to win that match without it. He won it I think he did he win it in rideouts? Yeah, tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's more than just a just a home run hitter. So I don't know how that match goes. It's not well. On the one hand, I do like Tariq to make the quarters. 
But on the other, I think it's going to be it's going to be a tough tough quarter with Dom, and then Ironman likely in the semis. I don't think many people match up great with Ironman. As good as he's wrestling right now, mm. it's going to be a tough one for him. So if he, if Tariq does make the quarters and loses, he would have someone like Sherman or Carlson in the round of twelve. Um, and of course, if he wins that semi, he's you know he's automatically top six. So you're 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 doing decently there. Uh, they did not get forty nine in. Oh, we didn't talk about the Hokies forty nine with. Bryce Andonian. What do you? It's kind of a wild card. He is a wild card, and <laughs> he wrestles like a. I mean, he's a lunatic. I'm just thinking <laughs> of the wild card scene from Always Sunny, where they cut the brakes and, and Charlie Charlie dives out the back. That's that's Bryce's uh, style on the mat. Yeah, he cut he cut the brake lines. It's you kind cannot... of an interesting matchup in round two with Kanan Store, a guy that is super solid stays in great position although did get his head ripped off by Peyton Omania twice um <laughs> I feel like he does that and don't just gonna lick his chops and go at him really hard but he might yeah but and has got to put seven minutes together mm-hmm. and he plays this game I mean he on two occasions with Ed Scott is like jumped out to leads and almost lost um and Scott didn't even qualify although I feel like he's one of the 33 best um Kind of, I think he got scheduled, scheduled out, uh, sort of unfortunate. But with Andonian, if he can get by story, he would have Mahler. I don't think he matches up great with Mahler. Mm-mm. No, I agree with that. Mahler, super fundamental and can, but can also scramble mm-hmm. with uh, with Andonian and another guy that's tough on top. You would have to pin him or something. Yes. Uh, okay, other... Other Wolfpack, we have several Bullards in the mix. Uh, Hayden Heidley, I mean, put him in the semis, and then it's David Carr, and who knows what's going to happen in that one. I have absolutely no idea. They're both amazing. Um, doesn't, you know, he either makes the finals, and we'll see how it goes there, or he's going to get third. I can't see a scenario where Hayden does worse than third place. No, nope, me either. Um, 65's a Bullard. He'll have... He, this is a terrible draw. He has Formato, who he's lost to already this season. And even if he wins that, he has Alex Marinelli. Okay, so not a great job for him. Uh, maybe he could get something going on the backside. 74, Bullard. Another one. Um, the other Bullard. Where does he sit? Cody Surratt, first round, which is not easy as well. And then DJ Washington... Uh, right after that, which I don't know, maybe isn't the worst. Mm-mm. And then he would hit Kimmer, and that would be the end of that, and send him into the to the blood round. So he would have to probably overperform to get on the podium. Obvious, I mean, that's kind of obvious. Um, although he is the eight seed, so we'll see. Yeah, looking if he were to make it to Kimmer, maybe like a blood round type with like a Hayden Hastings or. Um... Maybe whoever loses out of that, Murphy, Kaufman, Howard, McNally, second He has round a great match. shot at placing. Yeah. Uh, and then 84, you've got Trent, who I think is going to make the finals. Uh, although I, he has lost to Dupre, so don't. They've had two, yeah, really close matches. That's a coin flip match, honestly. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. Kind of eerie how similar the Pats are between the Heidley brothers. Yep. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, so... I'm sure that won't be a stressful um, 
Friday night for the Hadley family. Uh, so, but I love, I mean, Trent's draw to the semis is, is no, no sweat in my opinion. I think he makes it very easily, and we'll see how he does against Dupre. But similarly, I feel like he's not going to be outside the top four. So they're going to get points there. Anything you get with Renan, I guess you're excited about. Um, you know, is a guy who was in Final X in 2018, but we haven't seen that guy since. And we already talked about Deontay Wilson. So that's uh, that's NC State's draw. Not quite as favorable as the Hokey draws, but they've got a lot of bullets in the chamber. A lot of bullets. Okay. A lot of bullards. A lot of bullards in the chamber. A lot of bullards, a lot of Hydleys. Dang it, I wish I thought about that. <laughs> Ten seconds previously. Okay. Um, any other thoughts? I had a couple quick thoughts about some of the teams that are, according to the seeds, a little further away from a team trophy, but they are kind of interesting to think about without getting too deep into the specific draws of everyone. You have Oklahoma State, which is only projected to get 50, but they got a uh, heavy favorite to win a title in fix, and then two guys that can definitely make the finals in Bula Wallen uh, and A.J. Ferrari. Uh, so you're kind of relying on uh, a champ, two finalists, and then at 84 they got Gear, an All-American in the past, and then Whitlake, 65, Plot, 74, all capable of making the podium. Not um, you know Their seeds are not in the top eight, but uh, that's a dangerous team. You get three finalists and a champ uh, and a couple AAs, you're definitely uh, in that trophy hunt. And then you got Nebraska and Michigan, and they're kind of going to do the opposite and mostly rely on like heavy volume and having a lot of guys out there. Michigan's got uh, the top two weights, uh, very strong. Nebraska, um, I did a uh, analysis of the uh, like the agony index of the most uh, blood round losses. Tried to calculate that, and Nebraska just has so many guys in that you know six through twelve range of wrestlers that they're constantly wrestling in the blood round. It's got to be murder on their coaches having to go through that every year, but mm-hmm. they're in it again. They just have tons of guys uh, seated around that area. Um, Schultz, their highest seed, but. Um, if they can push all those guys through, the difference between a round of 12 and just an eighth place can be big, and you pick up lots of uh, bonus on the backside. So I would not count any of those three teams out of the team race. Yeah, I don't think you can. Uh, they're, all, they're all tough. I mean, it's a really interesting team race. Of note, I went back and looked the last four years what the trophy race had looked like. And here's the fourth place score. So this is like the minimum points uh, typically allowed. So... In 2019, Iowa scored 76 for fourth place. In 2018, uh, Michigan and NC State tied for fourth with 80. So 76, 80. Uh, And then the year before that, 97 for Iowa. That's crazy. Missouri Missouri had 86 and a half and got fifth place. And Mm. then in 2016, Hokies 82 points, edging out Iowa. We had 81. So you got it. Sammy Brooks call. Sammy Brooks Abinator uh, kind of did it. But uh, so that kind of gets you in that. You got to be in that 80 <clears throat> range typically to be threatening. So all these teams will have to, and as we must say, no one's projected to get 80 points other than Iowa, but no bonus is factored in here. And we know there will be bonus points. So um, what would be interesting is to see how this – how this like the the scoring rubric would have like correlated with the previous years, so you could get kind of a a better um, blueprint for. Mm. Could run those numbers, yeah. Go back and we got their seeds, so 
kind of see how they ended up versus their seeds. Yep. So that's that. Um, excited to excited for that team race. I think it will be one of the more fun dynamics going into the 2021 state championships, which start next Thursday. Exciting times. Okay. Do you want to mention real briefly, we talked about it on the seed show, but uh, Kyle, you were talking about how uh, the teams are getting there a day early and they have to pass tests oh, yeah. to to wrestle and how uh, nerve-wracking that time is going to be. I mean, you go this far, you made, you did everything you, you possibly could, made all the sacrifices, and then one failed test away from it all just going away. Yeah, so uh, every team has to get there Monday, um, which I don't know. So I've, I've, Some teams might do that already. And normal NCAAs, but I think most people are probably there on Tuesday at some point. And then um, you have to stay in your hotel room for 24 hours. Mm. And, um, and you'll, you'll be tested when you get there Monday. So you stay in your room for 24 hours, and then you'll be tested again on Wednesday. So uh, I know uh, Coach Roselli was on the beta show yesterday. He said they're probably going to drive. Um, in normal year, they would fly, but they want to drive so they can take the workout equipment with them. Uh, so these they can just put it in the rooms with the guys, bikes or any kind of airdines they got or anything like that. So it's really unique. I think it's bull crap. Why do they have to stay in a room for twenty four hours? You can't go outside, you can't do nothing. I don't I don't know. I was told you can't leave your room. That is That's insane. You can't told. leave your room? What what is this? Can I get a bracky? What are we doing here? What are we making, doing here? You're making people stay in the room for twenty four hours. Where are we at in society today? I think that's garbage. Um, it's so it's so fake. They don't have to do that, uh, you know, leading up to it. They don't have to do that afterwards. Why do they have to stay in the room for 24 hours? Um, I think that's more bad judgment, and I don't think that aligns with anything sciency. I can, I don't understand the science that could say they need to be in the rooms to establish a. I'm sure they'll say that that establishes the bubble, but I don't understand how. Um, you want to make judgments with as much sciency backing as possible. Yeah. The more sciency, the better. I guess. Um, but this doesn't seem to align with anything that makes sense in my mind. But I am no scientist. Uh, but I mean, this is like, imagine, like, you need to be out and moving. Like, what are they going to do all day? Just go sit in a bed? That's going to mess them up. Just bounce off the walls. Yeah, they're going to go crazy. They're going to be all hungry and stuff. That's garbage. <laughs> What a stupid rule. All right. Uh, do I go to questions? They're allowed to bring them food. No. Okay. No, that you can't establish the bubble. Someone touch that food. I think they should all get Pelotons so that they can pr- have the feeling of, of riding their uh, bike through the mountains of France. You have a Peloton spade. Do you like it? It's good. It's, uh, it's a little pricey for the subscription, but it lets me escape to anywhere in the world on my Peloton bike. Where do you escape the most when you're on your Peloton? The Pyrenees, mostly. Yes, and just, where are the Pyrenees? For One of my that... favorite mountain ranges. It's in between France and Spain. Oh, beautiful. Separates the Iberian Peninsula from the rest of the continent. Well, we all knew that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Why don't we go to uh, questions from friends? Um, first question uh, is almost like a uh, – yeah, it's pretty good. So how would a dual meet go with the top 10 Big Ten wrestler at each weight versus all-star team made up of all the other conferences? That's from Dennis Hampton. And it looks pretty Big Tenny to me. Uh, Spencer Lee versus Latona, that's Big Ten. Two RBY two. versus Dayton, give that to the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Jay Nyerman versus Tariq Wilson, Big Ten. Sasso versus Austin O'Connor. Wait. What? Oh, never mind, never mind. Okay, I see. Never mind. 
Um, Sasso versus O'Connor. I'll give that one to ACC. Deacon versus Hydley or Carr. I think you got to go probably Deacon till further notice. Mm-hmm. Bull versus Mackay. I mean, on the one hand, we've seen it. Wouldn't it be a Bull versus Wenzel? Well, I guess, but if no. you want it to be. I was more, just looking at how to see you guys. Yeah, I know, but it's kind of like. Well, okay. I'm trying to make a better duel. Um, hating on Jake Wenzel, not me. I'm not. I mean, it's not hating. It's like, all right, one dude won NCAAs. Um, the other dude has not. So. I don't know. I know he beat him by injury default, which I swore an oath that I can't <laughs> count those, even if I wanted to. I, um, I appreciate you upholding the Rutgers oath. Yeah. But then, you know, Marinelli, Mackay's maybe a toss-up. Um, I think it is. But then Kimmer is a favorite over all Romero's. Uh, <laughs> Brooks is a favorite. Amin, probably a favorite over Norfleet. And Gable, a favorite over Colton. So maybe you could get to 6-4 for the non Big tens, but it's uh, pretty long. But I'm I'm here for it. It'd be exciting. Um, someone asked if the Big Ten had ever won all ten weights. I do not believe that has happened. I don't think there's any chance. Uh, not this year with uh, well with Dayton there. That makes it that makes it pretty tough. Yeah, and then in the past, I mean, you can look back, but once you go back farther enough, it's like the the Oklahoma. Big Twelve, Big Eight become the dominant players. Right. Another thing going back to Whitlake's seed real quick. Sorry. Go for it. It's kind of random. Um, everyone is just assuming he beats Ethan Ethan Smith yeah. round two. Why? Why? <laughs> why do you think that? I mean, I think he can win, but why are we just automatically making him the favorite when we just saw him lose to Luke Weber? That's Luke Weber. I mean, Ethan Smith was a point away from beating Alex Marinelli. Yes. Or takedown away, I should say. It was 3-2. And he has beaten... Uh... You know, he beat Valencia yeah. you know, last year, who's the two seed. So I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think I probably, based on Big Tens, I favor I'm picking Smith. Ethan Smith in that match, yeah. I could be wrong, but I, everyone, <laughs> there are really people saying uh, Whitlake to the semis. Some people do, like Keegan O'Toole, uh, Whitlake semi. I'm not picking Whitlake to be Anthony Valencia, even if he were to be Ethan Smith. Nor I. Valencia's looked really good this year. Anthony Valencia beat Shane Griffith, who beat Travis Whitlake. Yes. So, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Making us Whitlake haters for the first time ever. (laughs) We're not. We just looked at his season. Uh, Okay. Are PSU slim chances of beating Iowa (laughs) NCAA slimmer or better after what we saw at Big Tens? Iowa stocked down at 49 and maybe 33 to Santee. Santa looked vulnerable all day. Stock up 41, 84, 285. PSU stock down 49, 65, 285. Um, I think, I think Penn State maybe has a better chance at NCAAs than Big Tens, but not by much. Um, I think it's, I think Iowa would have to, like, Murin and Brands have to DNP, and they need one of their big guns to, like, they need DeSanto to get, like, six, then Ironman to, get upset or something some crazy stuff that is like top of the page headline type of news things to happen for Penn State to enter the chat cuz i just it's like Ben's point the 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 6 7 8 9 guys for Penn State are not it does there's nothing to suggest they're going to score big points 
Yeah, Penn, we've seen Penn State do better after Big Tens because they've been able to get finalists and NCAA champs, and that's the you know you get more points relatively at the NCAAs is with the much bigger field, so they can definitely outperform how they did at Big Tens. But like you said, there's just too many things for Iowa that have to go wrong, and too many things for Penn State to go right, where it's does it's kind of indifferent at but this. But when point. you've seen that uptick, it's from guys like Chenzo who was like really good all year long. And yeah, he loses to Imar and maybe lost another match at Big Tens, but like he'd been good all year. Or, you know, thinking back to like a Nico when he was a true freshman, like you saw the flashes that he could be. This is not something we've seen with with these Penn State guys at this point. Um, why were the wrestling dad wants to know, why were the Big 12 winners so much more hyped up after winning than Big Ten winners? Uh while one reason could be the crowd, there were actually people there, yeah, hundred percent cheering for them. That that is the other thing is like the team race, like just added this extra layer of tension for the winners and losers. And um, I don't know, and, and and maybe this will, maybe people won't will take offense to this, but like for Big Ten winners, it's like their goal is so much to win NCAAs that this is not this is not an arrival and i think we've seen so many big 10 champions that end up going down at NCAAs and cuz they're going to have to go through their guys they beat so there's like a little less finality with big 10s whereas big 12s it's a big deal to win your conference and you may not have that glorious moment at NCAAs and maybe they're not expecting that maybe i'm looking way too much into it but i think that may play a role in it as well yeah I definitely think fans hurt. I mean, it's it's harder to watch any sport. It, it, sports are just supposed to have fans there. That makes it better for the competitors and for the audience. And without them, it's a different different uh, atmosphere. Number of guys at Big Tens too. Um, this wasn't their first Big Ten title. Not their first rodeo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Next one. Who's the Ted Lasso of college wrestling? So I hope you've all watched Ted Lasso. It's a great show on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Um, which until Ted Lasso, well, like Apple TV Plus, Apple TV Plus, yeah, it's like their streaming service, not the Apple. Until TV. Ted Lasso existed, I didn't know Apple TV had a streaming service thing. But uh, it's a really good show about an American football coach who's hired to coach like an English Premier League team, and he goes on and coaches them, and he's like this really positive Southern kind of guy. I don't know who it would be. I kind of thought like. I kind of thought like, oh, okay, who when I like leave them, I just feel a little more uplifted. It's like a really good guy. Um, so I thought about like Steve Carlin, like kind of a really unique personality, <laughs> like Ted Lasso. So maybe him, but I don't know. Uh, is the real answer? Yeah, I couldn't come up with a good one either. I've only seen one episode, and it was on a plane, and I fell asleep. Wow, there's a ring door for Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's a great I, show. Everybody, yeah, no, it, that, it was not that I did not enjoy what I saw from Ted Lasso. It was just you know. A flight where I wasn't uh, putting it on in the background. I'll try to check it out. Okay. Um, I feel like over the past year, folks have forgotten a lot about where we stand with the Olympics. Are we still not qualified at 65? How many other storylines have we forgotten over the time of Corona? We are not qualified at 65. Um, nope. When Zane got pinned by Destrobats, then that kicked down our last opportunities at the last chance. So whoever wins the spot will go to... Where will they go? 
Uh, they will go to Sofia, Bulgaria in May, I believe. Yep, May 6th and 9th is when it's happening. So uh, that's why it's important to pay attention. It's while the NCAAs are going on, but the European Olympic Games qualifier, two at 65, will be taken out of that pool that will also be competing with whoever the U.S. sends to Bulgaria to qualify the weight. That's happening uh, March 18th to 21st. And then the Asian Olympic Games qualifier in Kazakhstan, a couple weeks later, April 9th to 11th, that will take two more people out of the international pool that will be competing with whoever our representative is. So we're rooting hard for the best guys to make the finals there so that it's not someone that Zane or Yanni or J.O. would have to see at that at that qualifier in Bul- Bulgaria. Yes. That would be more advantageous to our uh, prospects of qualifying. True. Okay. Actual cannibal. Does anyone know what weight RBY walks around at? Is there any chance he could make 57 and still be effective? So I remember when he and Seabass were scrapping. Seabass weighed a lot, and I think RBY stepped on the scale like 137 or something after the practice. So I think he's probably in that 140, 137-ish range probably right now. But I feel like once he gets – I think, feel like there's a point he can get to like 33, but can he get that next, you know, eight pounds necessary off of – you see his body. He is mm-hmm. a skinny guy. So I don't know where you get the next eight pounds off to make him effective. If he could, I think he's super interesting at 57, but I don't I don't think he can. I'd like to see him go. I mean, if he had to pick one, 65, put on some weight, he can still be uh, bring all the tools and all the danger that he brings to a wrestling mat at 65. Yeah, I think I think he'd be way too small at 65 to be – remotely competitive. I mean, think about how big Jordan Oliver is cutting from who knows how much. Zane Rutherford is big for 65. He is just not. Well, he's going to have to change. I mean, he's going to have to put on the weight, but I don't, like, he's got the frame for 65. I don't, he's not going to look like he does now. Maybe. Um, I think, I'd like to see him just settle and be like, you know what, 61's my weight, and I'm going to be a guy there, and then the Olympic weights, whatever, but. World, world, making world teams and contending for world teams is a huge deal. I think it'd be awesome to see Roman focus on that. Is Aaron Brooks Penn State's four, first four-time NCAA champ? I mean, if you look down the line, he looks to be the guy with the best shot at it. Uh, but, you know, he's got to get one before you get four. Uh, but he's my pick this year. He'll probably be my pick next year. But he's got a tough weight. They'll have to win. And, you know, think about guys like Jason Nolf didn't win four. Bo Nickel didn't win four. Zane Rutherford didn't win four. These are the guys we're talking about. It's it's hard to it's win. It's really freaking hard. It's really hard. That's why it's happened, like, you know, only four or five times, whatever. Uh, so I don't know. He, I'm picking him to win this year, and we'll revisit it next year. But you never know what super freaks are going to come. Mm-hmm. Brooks could change weights and end up at 197. At some point, that could make it harder. Uh, who knows? Uh, okay. Any other? Yeah, Bob Bart's talking about Bolin not being the three seed. Promotes avoiding good wrestlers to protect a seed. They absolutely did um, validate that logic that you yes. should avoid good wrestlers. Um, yeah, I don't nothing else to see say. Um, okay. Shane Griffith, eight seed, only loss in two years is to Valencia. Smith, Hartman, O'Toole, all in front of him. What were your thoughts on the Shane Griffith seed? Uh, they yeah they did punch. It's kind of the same thing as uh as 
uh, Bolin. He loses to a guy I think we had ranked one spot behind him, um, but who's undefeated on the year and beat him in the Pac-12 finals. And he it does feel like he got punished pretty hard. Uh, and you look at Ethan Smith, who has a couple losses on the year, and one of, and one of them is much worse loss than Bronigal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's probably wrong too. The thing is, who has Shane Griffith beaten um, this year? That's a that's pretty limited. He's sure his best win, dude. I don't even know. Has he beaten a qualifier? He's beaten Albert Urias, Matthew Olgin, <clears throat> Aaron Almos, Tommy Strassenberg. Hoy Wilkinson and Adam Kemp. No, there's not a qualifier. He in has there. not beaten an NCAA qualifier, so that's, in some ways, the eight is sort of charitable. Um, so I don't know. I have a hard time. Kind of a weird regular. Kind of a weird. <laughs> a very weird regular season for everyone, especially Stanford. So I don't know. You can't make too much of that. Wondering where he goes next year. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, a lot of those Stanford guys are going to be really inter- interesting. Jay Navis, Real Woods. Uh, don't they have a good 25 pounder yeah Jackson Desario Desario yeah two time qualifier now and it, will Traxler be back he'd be uh, yeah interesting he, he put up. his name in the portal as a graduate transfer yeah so Van, four, Vandermeer and Eichens are, are pretty solid yeah, yeah. If they, they have to choose to come back of course but I believe they're seniors for sure so they should be and really it could be good timing for them they should be finishing their undergrad go get a go get a master's degree somewhere else and wrestle another year Ben Askren would still be wrestling <clears throat> for Missouri if he could. <laughs> and that's why that's why Real <coughs> wasn't wrestling to start the year is because he's taken a lot of classes right now trying to finish his degree as quickly as he can because he wants to graduate with the Stanford degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like I think he's on pace to do that in December and then wrestle for his new school, hopefully second semester next year. Okay. Well, that would be cool. It's a lot of classes. It's a lot of classes, but at least they're at Stanford, so I doubt they're really hard. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, that's it for today. Um, we we hit so much yesterday on the Bracket Show. Make sure you check that out. Uh, check out all our content about NCAs. We got the team race article. We've got Russian national stuff going up. Russian nationals will continue uh, over the next couple of days. So <clears throat> thanks so much. PIAAs. Yes. PIAAs live this weekend. We got a little of everything. Last weekend, go ahead. Uh, D3s. NAIA uh, women, Russian nationals, PIAAs, all levels. Yeah, Championship the, weekend. The PIAA is really interesting. They went down from usually 60-man brackets down to eight. Last week was kind of like almost like wrestling matches of the mm-hmm. state tournament. They're really good matches. This week, we'll crown some champs in Hershey. going to be awesome. Uh, make sure you check it out. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. For Spay and Bracky, I'm Christian Piles. Thank you. See you Tuesday. <laughs>